Julian Strother not only found himself picked in the first round of the NBA draft on Thursday, he will get a chance to play for the defending champion Denver Nuggets. And now the big question, is Julian Strother the next Christian Braun? You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to provide news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Happy Friday. I apologize for the delay in the show coming out. was waiting to see if we would get more updates about some of our Zags. And in fact, we did recently learn right before hit and record here that Malachi Smith has signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Portland Trailblazers, the same contract that Drew Timmy signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. So guess what? That is what we were going to talk about to close out the show, but we are leading with the big story, the 18th player in Mark Few's tenure as the head coach of the Gonzaga Bulldogs, Julian Strother, selected in the NBA draft. It is now the third year in a row the Zags have had not only a player drafted, but a player selected in the first round of the NBA draft. This year, of course, Julian Strother at 29 to the Denver Nuggets. Last year, Chet Holmgren went number two overall to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then Andrew Nemhard didn't quite sneak into the first round, was the first pick of the second round with the Indiana Pacers. 2021, Jalen Suggs went fifth to Orlando. Corey Kispert, of course, went 15th in that draft to the Washington Wizards. There was a gap year in 2020. Nobody got selected from Gonzaga that year. But then in 2019, Rui and Brandon Clark were each selected in the first round as well. So for the last five years, the Zags have had a player selected in the first round of the NBA draft. Strother, it was a touch and go whether he was going to be a first round pick. He was kind of right on that borderline throughout uh, the draft process. Some places had him as low as the high 40s, 48 or so. Some places had him still going in the first round. And of course, that's where he ends up going. And for those of you who listen to the show, you everyday listeners, you know we did a Julian Strother draft preview on Wednesday. We did a Drew Timmy draft preview on Tuesday. And I'm going to, I copied over some of my notes from the Julian Strother draft preview on Wednesday because I had a section called best case NBA role. And I'm going to read word for word what I wrote in the best case NBA role section for Julian Strother's podcast on Wednesday. It says, quote, a contending team willing to give me bench role right right away. Going in the late first round to a winning team is very ideal. Someone in need of outside shooting and a team that won't overwhelm him with pressure, but will give him day one minutes. Folks, this is what we got. This is what happened. The Denver Nuggets fit so much of what we wanted to see for Julian Strother going into the NBA. This is a contending team. You cannot be more of a contending team than being the defending national champions. This is a team with complete aspirations to run it back next year, win the dang thing again. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., the core is still around. They just need to find ways to put the pieces around them. There's a new CBA agreement, and I'll be honest, I'm not well-versed enough to fully get into the details in the NBA, but what it does do is it's creating a lot of roles for players who are cheap, who are cost-controlled, to be very valuable for the next few years. Teams like Denver can't afford more high-profile players than Jokic and Murray and MPJ and Gordon. That, that That's that cuts up a huge chunk of their salary. So getting cheap rookies, undrafted free agents, second round guys, or even late first round guys who don't have a huge contract stipulation, getting those guys and and having them provide value instantly is monumentally important. And it appears there might be a shift 
towards teams drafting more NBA ready players because of that. We haven't, it's brand new, so we won't fully see how it all shakes out, but it wouldn't be a surprise to see that continue to happen. Denver, often a team that's ahead of the curve in terms of roster building and roster construction. They do that here. They did that last year with Christian Braun. Braun, of course, went to Kansas, won a championship with the Jayhawks. Rookie year last year with Denver, plays 76 games, about five points, two and a half boards per game. Uh, really, really valuable. Had significant run in the playoffs. Was, I mean, was, was genuinely one of the most important players for the Denver Nuggets during their NBA championship run as a true rookie last year. So that's the question for Strother. Can he be that? And I, I noted in that best case scenario that you want him to get into a situation where he's going to play right away, but there's not going to be an overwhelming amount of pressure. Here we are trying to compare him to a guy who put together one of the finest rookie seasons uh, that we've seen in a while in terms of immediate contribution to a championship team. No, he was not as productive as, you know, a Paolo Bancaro or somebody like that, but he contributed to a championship team right away. If we're expecting that from Julian Strother, I think we are putting a lot of pressure on him. But can he do that? Yeah. Is he the next Christian Braun? Probably not. He doesn't contribute in the exact same ways necessarily. And quite frankly, those two will be battling for playing time. So Strother being the next Christian Braun is going to be difficult when Braun is is already there and already doing things uh, as kind of a backup small forward type player for the Denver Nuggets. I think that the depth chart is going to be interesting to see how it shakes out because obviously Porter Jr. starts at the three. Contavious Caldwell-Pope starts at the two. Uh, Then you have Braun. Peyton Watson, who was a first-round pick for them out of the UCLA, a guy who didn't really perform much at UCLA but was a highly touted prospect. That was more of a developmental draft pick for them, but I think they expect him to contribute next year right away. So Watson's contributing next year. Braun's contributing next year. We'll see if Jeff Green sticks around. My gut says probably not. But that puts Strother in a spot where there's not necessarily a ton of guaranteed playing time right away. But he offers a skill set that Denver could obviously use, shooting. He is a great catch-and-shoot shooter. He is a great spot-up shooter. He's a great backdoor cutter. I think offensively you see what his skills are and how Denver operates their offense, what they like to do with Nikola Jokic in the middle, running screens off of him, looking for shooters off of him, looking for backdoor backdoor cutters off of him. These are all skills that Strother has. And in fact, when we did an episode recently talking about the comparisons between Nikola Jokic and Drew Timmy, obviously at a college level for Timmy, and kind of how that might help him, one of the things that we didn't really acknowledge is that Strother probably is going to be more familiar with how to play with a dominant low post center like Nikola Jokic because he's done it. And the Zags use Timmy in spots where they bring him away from the rim, 16, 17, 18 feet away, give him the ball and run actions off of that. That's what Denver does. That's what the Nuggets do with Nikola Jokic. So Strother acclimating to that kind of offense is going to be rather seamless because he knows how to look for a backdoor cut with a center who's willing to make that pass. He knows how to find open spots around the perimeter, catch and shoot. He knows how to do that stuff already because that's what he's been doing in a Gonzaga offense for the last couple of years with Drew Timmy. Jokic and Timmy are not exactly the same. Do not get it twisted. They are not. But there are enough similarities in how Gonzaga runs their offense and how Denver runs their offense through a big man that I think it helps Strother acclimate right away. And I think on a team that needs some three-point shooting, I think Strother could have a role right away. Is it going to be 20 minutes a night or even 15 minutes a night like Braun played? Probably not. Probably not. 
But I think it's going to be there. And I think if injuries or anything like that impacts this team and they need him to play a significant role, he is more than capable of doing so. There are still questions about how his defense is going to translate at the next level. And I think those are legitimate questions. I don't have an answer for that. I, I think he's athletic enough to play very quality NBA defense, but he needs to be in the right system and he's going to need to learn some things. He's going to need to to kind of learn those adjustments, those chips, those tricks, all that stuff. But being an, a, a good NBA caliber defender as a rookie is really hard. It's really hard. And for Strother, who wasn't exactly a great defender in college, it's going to be an adjustment for him. An adjustment, mind you, that I think he's perfectly capable of making, but it probably limits him a little bit in year one. By year two, year three, I think Julian Strother's a, a rotation player. If he's still in Denver, he's a rotation player without a doubt. And I think a good one. And I think helping a team that has continued aspirations to win championships, he's going to be a part of that. And, and that's, I couldn't have asked for a, a better fit. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I wanted him in Portland. You all know that. We'll talk about Isaac going to Portland soon. But uh, obviously, I think I think going to the national champions, the, the defending champions, I should say, uh, and getting a chance to play right away is a, is a dream come true for Julian, and I'm so happy for him. Well, Drew Timmy's dream came true as well. It's a different path. Of course, he will start in Milwaukee after signing an Exhibit 10 contract with the Bucks. We'll talk about what that means for Drew, what it means for Milwaukee, all of that, coming up after a word from today's sponsor, Bird Dogs. I don't know how else to say this, so I'm just going to keep it simple, folks. Bird Dog shorts and pants, they make you look good. The Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, and they give you a truly sculpted look. In fact, Bird Dogs do the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They also fit better than regular shorts made of stiff, restricting cotton. How? Bird Dogs fixed it by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you get a slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. It also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash college and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That is birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, folks, I want to thank all of you for making Lockdown Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. For you everyday listeners, next week we're going to look more into this NBA draft, how it impacted each Zag in the NBA already. We'll talk about Jalen Suggs, potential trade scenarios for him in Orlando, all of that coming up next week as we continue to also look at Gonzaga's roster heading into next season. But folks, right now we're talking Drew Timmy, who signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Milwaukee Bucks a few hours after the conclusion of the 2023 NBA draft where he was not selected. It was trending that way for a while, certainly after seeing Trace Jackson Davis, who was a, a really dynamic player at Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis fell all the way to 57. A lot of people had him in the first round, and he was the second to last player selected. So no Drew Timmy in the draft, no Oscar Shibway, no Adama Sanogo from UConn, uh, no Azulis Tubelis from Arizona. We'll talk a little bit more about the the what that means for the big man in college basketball. But for Timmy, he ends up signing – this Exhibit 10 deal in Milwaukee. Uh, an Exhibit 10 contract is a one-year minimum salary MBA contract, and it can be converted into a two-way contract if the team chooses to do so before the start of the regular season. Teams get two two-way contracts to play with every year. So a uh, two-way contract means you spend part of your time in the NBA, part of your time in the G League. There are limits to how much time you can spend at each level. Two-ways are how we've seen Joel Ayayi get some NBA time, Killian Tilly. 
got some NBA time as a G League or as a two-way player as well. Drew Timmy has a very good chance, I think, of having this contract converted to a two-way contract where we will then see him play at both levels. Milwaukee right now lacking depth in the front court. And of course, looking at depth charts in early or in late June, well before the actual uh, NBA offseason has really kind of gotten going and and, and uh, before the rosters are anywhere close to set is, is a bit silly. But for Milwaukee, there there's a path here. There's a path. Brooke Lopez is the starting center for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I there are very few players in the NBA that I think Drew Timmy could benefit more from working with than Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is a long, long time starting center in the NBA. He was perceived to not be the most athletic player when he got into the league and didn't have an outside shot. But what Brooke Lopez did is grind and work and become a better defensive player, uh, become a really good rebounder down low. And then as his game evolved, he became a really good three-point shooter. He is one of the best stretch fives in the entire NBA, uh, dynamic talent at doing that. This is the path for Drew Timmy to follow. If Drew Timmy wants to be the best version of Drew Timmy, and I know that he does, following a Brooke Lopez path carves out a 10, 12-year NBA career, more than that, potential all-star caliber stuff. Like that is that is the path. Do what Brooke Lopez did. And it is easier said than done. It is not an easy path whatsoever. But learning from the guy who did it, what a treat for Drew Timmy to get that to start out his professional basketball playing career with the Bucks in Milwaukee. And again, the depth right now in Milwaukee, pretty bad. Myers Leonard, former Illinois Illini, longtime Portland Trailblazer, a guy who was out of the league for making anti-Semitic remarks during a video game uh, performance. Leonard is now back in the NBA. He's the listed as the second or third string center for the Bucks. I don't even think he's going to be in the NBA by the time the season starts. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see what happens there. But Milwaukee's got space. Obviously, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the is the main guy there. He kind of plays the four, three-ish, sometimes plays the small ball five. They have Bobby Portis in the mix as well. But as just like a third string center, Milwaukee has that spot open right now for Drew Timmy. And that's a great scenario. I know third string center doesn't sound all that exciting, but that's a good place to start for Drew Timmy. I thought his career was going to start even lower than that, potentially. It was mostly G League. Maybe he's on a two-way contract type of thing. And that still could be what happens. But if Drew Timmy's on a two-way contract and playing significantly in the NBA because he's the third string center, that's awesome. That's a really good start to his career for him. And I think it's very possible. He's got to perform well in the summer league. He's got to prove that the conditioning is there. He's got to prove that the defense is at least improving or that he's working to improve in that area. Uh, A little bit outside shooting probably wouldn't hurt. But at the end of the day, having Drew Timmy as your third string center, getting him the ball, you know, five to 10 minutes a game and letting him go to work on the block. Yeah, you might give up a fair amount of points on the other end, but that might be worth it. So I like this fit for, for Drew Timmy. I hope. Milwaukee is willing to give him a two-way contract and get him an actual opportunity to to really show what he's capable of doing in the NBA. And 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 I think the big story here with Drew Timmy is kind of the 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 death of the college basketball big man. I talked about this on the Locked On College Basketball podcast. For those of you who checked it out, um, college bigs like this, back to the basket centers, are kind of going the same way of like the running back in the NFL, where they're just no matter how good they are, because the skill set isn't valued, it just doesn't matter. Your talent level is, is, is it's kind of superfluous if you're not bringing skills that a modern NBA big brings. And this is why you see Trace Jackson Davis fall all the way to 57. There were virtually no centers selected at all in this draft. Obviously, Victor Wembanyama was the clear exception as the number one overall pick. Derek Lively went 12th, I believe, to Dallas. He's a, he's a true center, but a very, very good defensive one. 
Noah Clowney from Alabama went 21st. I guess he's kind of a center. Gigi Jackson fell all the way to 45th. Part of that was concerns about his uh, off the court stuff and, and didn't perform well in the, um, in some of the workouts, but for those guys to, to go there and then trace Jackson Davis all the way at 57. I mean, they're just, there's just not these centers in the NBA. It's just not a role that's very valuable right now. And that's why you have uh, the first time in the modern era, a national player of the year doesn't get drafted as Oscar Shibway. He of course was not national player of the year last year, but he's won the award in the past, came back to school, which in itself was already unprecedented, has another productive season and still goes undrafted because that's not a skill that people are coveting in the NBA. Rue Timmy's a multi-time All-American. Adama Sonogo was the most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament. He was the face of a team that just blew through March Madness and won the NCAA tournament. He didn't get drafted either. Azulis Tubelis, one of the best players in the Pac-12 last year. Admittedly, a guy with, with clear flaws in terms of his defense and, and, and questionable outside shooting, but these guys are just not valuable. Kofi Coburn didn't make it. Luca Garza didn't really make it. He, he looked good in the G League last year, but we'll see uh, what happens there. Zach Eady returns to school. Hunter Dickinson returns to school, and you can't blame him. At this point, I'm not saying Drew Timmy should have come back. He wanted to play four years of college basketball. He played four years of college basketball. Great. I'm not saying Oscar Shibway should have come back either, necessarily. But these guys aren't getting drafted, and they're not getting very many opportunities in the NBA. Drew Timmy, I think, found himself in a good spot. We'll wait to see what happens with Shibuya, what happens with Sonogo, what happens with Tubelis. But it's not an era where it's particularly good to be that kind of player. Fortunately, they can make money in college, and they did. Timmy took advantage of that. Shibuya took advantage of that. Jackson Davis took advantage of that. Hunter Dickinson just very clearly took advantage of that by his decision to uh, to transfer and go to Kansas and, and kind of beef up his NIL opportunities. Zach Eady is taking advantage of that as well. And I don't blame these guys because it's not working in the NBA right now. The pendulum will probably swing back. Eventually, we'll have more low post scoring in the NBA. That's what kind of happens in the sport. It ebbs and it flows and it changes. But for right now, it's it's a, a huge gap between being a dominant college basketball player, player of the year caliber players like Edie, like Sheboy, like Timmy, and being virtually cast aside as a professional basketball player, at least at the highest level of the game in the NBA. Interesting dynamic. We will see how much it changes, but I am happy for Drew Timmy to get the chance in Milwaukee because I think this is a spot he could really succeed. Well, Timmy and Strother were not the only Zags to land a contract on Thursday. Malachi Smith also signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Portland Trailblazers. We're going to discuss that and more coming up right after this. All right, folks, closing out the show with the third Zag. To sign a contract. Part of the reason we delayed this show to make sure we got all of the information possible. And as I'm recording this on Friday morning, we know that Malachi Smith has signed an Exhibit 10 deal with Portland. As of this recording, I have not heard any new update on Rasir Bolton. If we get, a, if we, if he signs a summer league deal, signs an Exhibit 10 deal, signs overseas, whatever it may be, I promise you we will get an update for that on Locked On Zags as soon as possible. But for right now, we got Strother to Denver, Timmy to Milwaukee, Malachi Smith. Sticking in the Pacific Northwest with the Blazers. Third Zag to land a new contract. Again, that Exhibit 10 deal is the same situation that Drew Timmy is in where it can convert to a two-way contract before the season starts. And here's the exciting thing for the Blazers. They just got a G League team. They were one of two NBA franchises that did not have a G League team. It was endlessly frustrating that they didn't have that development system in place when everybody else in the league seemingly did. Now they have mandated that all teams have a G League affiliate. Portland has started theirs. They will announce on Monday 
what their logo will be and what their team name will be. Right now, we don't know that. What we do know is they're going to play in Portland. They're going to play at the Child Center at the University of Portland where the pilots play. And they're going to start this season. And now what we know is that there's a pretty good chance Malachi Smith is going to play on that team. I made this joke on Twitter and I, I say joke, it's not really a joke, but I, I was planning to get credentialed to cover the G League because I think watching G League basketball in Portland is going to be very fun. The first season of it, I think it's exciting. And now if Malachi Smith's going to be there, awesome. Hopefully Malachi Smith gets opportunities in the NBA as well. Um, with the Exhibit 10 contract, I think it's possible he spends the year in the G League not on a two-way contract, but still playing with the Blazers. I also think he could get that two-way contract. Right now, Portland's situation is, is one of the most difficult ones in the entire league to really pin down. I think if the Blazers are going to full-on rebuild, and full-on rebuild would involve trading Damian Lillard, which would hurt me very much uh, and from an emotional standpoint, but I do think is kind of the direction things are trending after the Blazers drafted Scoot Henderson uh, with their first pick at third overall. They also drafted Chris Murray uh, out of Iowa, which I loved as a pick. He's a very NBA-ready player. They took Ryan Rupert uh, out of France in the th- second round, so definitely more leaning towards rebuild-type moves by the Blazers. But I could see Malachi Smith sneaking that one of their two-way contracts and getting an opportunity to really shine at the G League level and get some opportunities uh, at the NBA level as well. Right now, the Blazers are stacked at guard because they still have Damian Lillard. They, of course, have Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons uh, is in the mix as well, and then Shaden Sharp, uh, Keon Johnson, a former Tennessee player. He's kind of in the mix as well. But I don't expect all those guys to still be around. Either Lillard will get moved or Simons will get moved. Uh, It creates a little bit more room for them. It depends who they bring back in those trades, of course. Right now, I'm not projecting Malachi Smith to play much of a role in the NBA. I just don't see it. Will he play in the NBA? Possibly. I think that'd be excellent. Potential for five Zags to make their NBA debut next year. Of course, Drew Timmy, of course, Julian Strother, of course, Jet Holmgren, who did not play last year. Philip Petrusev looks all signs indicate that the Philadelphia 76ers are going to sign him for next season. That would be four. And if Malachi Smith makes his debut, that would be five, and that would be insanely cool to see five more Zags throwing on an NBA jersey for the first time next season. Uh, Malachi Smith, obviously a fantastic three-point shooter, very tenacious, hardworking defensive player, uh, good size, but not kind of a tweener between point guard and combo guard. I don't think he's going to be an NBA point guard. He didn't really play point guard at Gonzaga. I think he's more of an off-ball guard. I'm not sure where he fits exactly as an NBA player. That's why I'm a little bit hesitant to to – feel a lot of confidence in him carving out a role just because he's kind of an undersized two guard. And that's, uh, there's a lot of players similar to that. Uh, and he's a bit of an older prospect, but certainly excited to see what Blazers, uh, what Portland's willing to do with him. If they're willing to put him on a two-way contract, see what he looks like in the G league strikes me as a guy who could really dominate in the G league, the way that Joe Eliai has dominated in the G league, the way that Jamari Bouye from San Francisco dominated in the G league last year. I think there's a real path for, for Malachi Smith to have himself a very productive professional basketball career and i sincerely hope it happens in portland either with the g league affiliate and the blazers or the g league affiliate whatever it is if he's playing successful professional basketball in portland i'm gonna be happy as heck about it and hoping to get the opportunity to go see him multiple times well that's it for the zags who got signed or drafted uh on thursday for the nba draft but that was not it for the wcc for the second year in a row a non-zag non-byu non-saint mary's player was selected in the first round of the nba draft that would be brandon pajemski from santa clara who went 19 to the warriors of golden state pajemski said before the draft that the player he most 
wants to compete against is Steph Curry. And now instead of competing against him twice a year, he will compete against him every single day in practice, which is very, very fun. Of course, every day that they have practices in the NBA, regardless, really cool for Pajemski to stay in the Bay Area to get a chance to play for the Golden State Warriors. 19th pick guy who transferred from Illinois. I hope we see more of these kind of transfer downs where a player is at a higher major level. They're not playing as much as they think they deserve to. They transfer down to a, I hate that phrase, but it is the way that it is often described. They transfer down in quotes to a school like Santa Clara and Santa Clara is doing it because Herb Sendek is an excellent coach. Jalen Williams was the 12th overall pick last year. And he was one of the five best rookies in the league. Pajemski 19th pick here. We'll see what his role looks like. Golden state apparently just acquired Chris Paul. So they have Steph Curry, Chris Paul and Pajemski. Not sure he's exactly the guy going to get the playing time right there in that situation, but we will see how that develops for him. But another WCC player taken in the first round, real proof that this conference, I'm not saying it's top to bottom as good as the power six, because it's not, but the talent level at the top is, is really, really good. And there's very obvious proof of that. And then Maxwell Lewis, Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine slipped a bit. There was some, a lot of helium about him as a first round pick. Uh, in the late 20s, I know Portland at 23 was often connected to Lewis. He ended up falling to 40. He goes 40th overall to the Los Angeles Lakers, but that's a really fun fit for him if they can keep him uh, on the roster. He's a, a very good shooter uh, for LeBron James and Anthony Davis, ball-dominant players. You want kind of guys who don't need the ball in their hands a bunch, but who can score in a hurry and efficiently outside of that. And I think Maxwell Lewis offers that for the Lakers. He's a big athletic wing. Uh, if you give him the ball and let him go to the rim, he can score that way. If he's a catch and shoot three point shooter, he can score that way. He's a liability on defense, but he's got a lot of athleticism. There's optimism that he could improve in that area and be a quality defensive player in time. Although he has not proven that yet, regardless, three WCC players selected in the first 40 picks of the 2023 NBA draft two in the first round. That's more than the PAC 12 had mind you PAC 12 had just one in Jaime Hawkins. They ended up with four overall draft picks. So they did clip the WCC just barely, at the end by having a um, one more draft pick, but WCC, another really strong performance by them. We'll see how long Gonzaga remains in the conference. Obviously that's a big talking point that will come up throughout the summer, but if they do, certainly they will be at least next year. We know that. I think it's worth acknowledging that the WCC has a lot more high end basketball talent than many people are giving them credit for. Well, that is going to do it for us today. We got more NBA draft stuff coming your way later this summer. We'll talk Julian Strother and Drew Timmy. They might face each other for the first time on June, excuse me, July 7th. That is not very long from now. That is the first day of the NBA Summer League. Denver and Milwaukee are playing each other. Hopefully those two guys will get a chance to play. We'll talk Summer League. We'll keep you updated on Rasir Bolton. We'll, of course, keep you posted on Timmy Strother, Malachi Smith, everything going on with those guys. What the NBA draft meant for the rest of the Zags as well. What does it mean for Jalen Suggs in Orlando? Zach Collins in San Antonio just saw his role change dramatically. We'll talk all about that later next week as well. Thank you all for listening. Uh, enjoy the show on YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button if you have not done so yet. And of course, as always, go Zags. <laughs>